Hello, everyone. This is the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremiah Johnson. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let me first start off by saying Happy Thanksgiving. This is episode number 20. We're going to be talking about Letters to the Church, part three. So thank you very much for joining us. I do hope that you are going to have a great Thanksgiving day. You're going to eat a bunch of food, and it's going to be exciting and awesome. I got up and took a walk, did a little exercise, and I'm going to knock out a podcast, and I'm going to go eat too. So I'm excited about what the day will hold. We don't have to make any food. We're going to hang out with people in our church. It's going to be a great and wonderful time. I wonder if they'll make that new uh, Flaming Hot Cheeto turkey I saw on uh, reading the news yesterday. Anyway, hey, I hope you've been enjoying the podcast. I hope that you uh, like it, share it, do all those kind of things. We've mentioned that before in the podcast, but whatever platform that you are listening to this podcast on, just continue to interact with us. Let us know what you think. Give us ideas. We just want to keep speaking into your life. The Grace Point Daily Podcast exists to give you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. So today we're going to be talking about the order. We have been going through in our church, Grace Point, we've been on Wednesday nights going through the book, Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. Very powerful book. I hope that you pick up a copy, that you read it. Uh, It's really hard. I was talking to someone the other day. It's kind of, in a sense, hard to teach on this book because there's really a lot of personal, so much personal stories and things that Francis Chan is sharing out of it. So as much as I love, and there's some truths and encouragements that I want to give you from it, it it would just be so much easier if you just read the book. You'll really capture the heart of what Francis Chan wants to say. But I really love the overall context of the book, which is just really calling us as a church back to the heart, heart of God. And I know that sounds like a generality, and but we live in uh, the day of the mega church. We live in the day of where church is more about you and less about Jesus. And Francis Chan is just really attacking that and just just taking that concept uh, out <laughs> behind the woodshed and say, come on, church. It's time to get back to the presence of God. It's time to get back to the heart of God. And I'm sure God has been speaking that to every generation. But in this particular chapter, he talks about, or he titles it, The Order. And he talks about, you know, what we've done with church. And if you go into churches today, I'm sure we feel like we have a formula. We feel like, okay, if we have the right facilities, if we have the right programs, if we have the right look, if we have the right messages, if we have the right sermon, then we're going to capture people. And Here's the dichotomy that I struggle with as a pastor and I think that we face with today is number one, pleasing God versus getting as many people as we can into church. And that's a tough battle that we face today because there's so many opinions, feelings uh, in our culture today. And, uh, you know, in, in this chapter, it's really about is our model of church built off the Bible or is it just built off of getting people into church. God gave us his order for the church. You know, I joke about this in in relation to other things that I've experienced in terms of my spiritual life, but I joked about this one other time uh, talking about the subject matter of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I just said, you know, if we just read the Bible and do what the Bible says, that still works. And I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you in the day of so much today where we have so much information, we have podcasts, we have the internet, we have websites, we have social media, we have books, we have authors, we have speakers, we have churches. I mean, you don't, here's the reality. You don't need to listen to this podcast. There's a billion other podcasts. You don't need to come to my church. There's a billion other churches. You don't, you don't even need to go to church anymore. You can just go online or whatever 
the case may be. And I believe in those digital tools and I believe in those things, but at the same time, um, it, it, it can't replace you pursuing God in your personal life and living out God's word each and every day. And in the context of the church, the, what I'm trying to say is whether it's the church, whether it's your personal life, you know what works? The Bible. The Bible works today. And God gave us clear instructions as to what that is. In our church, we've been talking about missions. And one of the things that I shared is that, you know, we spend so much time thinking of cool catchphrases and sermons and themes and conferences and the reality is I think if we would just grab hold of the, the heart of God, we'd realize we already have the mission. We already have the command going to all the world, preach the gospel, baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow Jesus. Uh, and so anyway, today I just want us to think about that and encourage you with that thought. Is church, in even your spiritual life, is it is it more about you and getting something from God rather than you pleasing God. And the reality is God has given us commands in his word as to what the church should look like, what we should be doing. And I want to encourage you and challenge you. Jesus is returning and he expects his church, the finest church, taking his commands seriously. So that question I want to pose to myself. I want to pose to the church that I have leadership over. I want you to think about in the context of your ministry, your church, whether our church, our ministry exists to please God or please people, whether God is leading our church or are we. Now, before I moved here, I was in South Carolina and it was interesting. There was a church there um, that was uh, a, a really great church. It was thriving numerically in the things that were, they were doing in terms of ministry. But I happened to stumble across an article um, not long ago where they actually put in their constitution and bylaws of the church that they they put in there literally that Jesus is the pastor of the church. And I thought that was a great concept and a great idea that they really wanted Jesus to be the leader of the church. They wanted God to give them direction. And again, this this sounds so elementary, but I don't I don't know that we're we're existing as a church to please Jesus anymore. That I think a lot of it is is built on success. And the amount of people. That's the only thing that we look at in terms of are we pleasing God? It's more, uh, you know, do we come out of a service saying, man, Lord, are, are you pleased with what we did today? Or is it, I know sometimes the struggle I have, how many people were today? Who was gone? Who was there? How much money was in the offering? And, you know, that Jesus does and doesn't care about those things in certain ways. And, you know, Francis Chan in his books, that, that's what he talks about is that he, spent a lot of years just, you know, what will work? You know, and here's a quote from the book. He says, I spent years asking myself what will work. And by that, I meant what will get more people to attend gatherings. Uh, and again, here's the dichotomy that we face is, listen, Paul, the leaders of the church, they wanted to reach people for Jesus. They wanted to reach the whole world for Jesus. I love a quote from uh, a local pastor here in our area, Pastor Dustin of the Nazarene Church. And I don't know if he made up this quote or if he got it from someone else, but I love what he said. He just said, the one number that matters to the heart of God most is zero, that none should perish. So yes, we should be pursuing people. We should be wanting to get as many people saved, but are we compromising and are we um, watering down our faith in a sense just to compromise into 
appease people. Too often we've given people what they ask for rather than what they need. And again, as a pastor, I have to wrestle with this because I want people to like church. I want people to enjoy it. I want people to embrace it. But am I giving people what they need or just what they want? And I love the point. Here's the one point that really convicts me uh, in terms of this book as I was reading through it is Francis Chan said, either people will be awed by the sacred or they will not. Here's the, here, here's the question. Is Jesus enough? Is the presence of Jesus enough? If you went into a church that didn't have the cool bells and whistles, but they had a heart and they had a love for God, would that be enough? Would it? You know, the one thing I appreciate in my time in South Carolina is I was part of a church uh, there and uh, be careful with my wording here because I'm not intending to be negative, but it wasn't a trendy, cool church. But the pastor there, Pastor Dan, he loved the Lord and he wanted to make sure that we encountered the presence of God each and every Sunday. We took time to pray at the altar. We took time to worship. Uh, you know, we didn't rush. And it's not like every service went on and on forever, but it wasn't just this quick in and out, get in, in church, out of God. We wanted to meet with God. And I tell you what, that's the one thing that means the most to me. And it's the one thing that I've been hammering into our church too, is that it just we need to encounter the presence of God. It matters to be in the presence of God, to please Him, to hear His word, to pray, to learn to be in His presence, to learn to wait on the Lord. These are things that are that are difficult to do in the church today because we're so busy and we want to get in and we want to get out. And and the danger that we have today is that we pursue what we want and then we make sure uh, there are no biblical commands that we are violating. We love. You know, we love the concept of Jesus and who he is, and but yet it's like we want to do kind of as little as possible, but yet still have them uh, in, in our life. And I want to encourage us as leaders in your individual, individual life, whatever, scripture is our starting point not desire or tradition. And we can get, it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter what generation it is. We can get so caught up in tradition. I tried to pose that question a couple Wednesday nights ago in our church. You know, what are the one, because uh, the example in from scripture is Jesus and the disciples, they, they didn't wash their hands before they ate. And then uh, the religious leaders said, you know, your, your followers didn't wash their hands. And Jesus responded, you know, that's not even a command of the Lord. It's a tradition that you made up. Is washing your hands a good idea before eating? Yes, but you're, you, you are condemning them for something that, that isn't even a command of the Lord. And I wonder for every one of us, our generations, what is it that we get so attached to that we begin to think is is almost the commands of the Lord rather than the actual commands of the Lord. The first church was built on the things that pleased God the most. And that's what that's what I want to be. I mean, let, let's look at the scripture in the book of Acts. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all to anyone who had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added daily to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. Man, that sounds like the church that I want to be a part of. 
don't you? They weren't strategizing ways to get people interested. They just were devoted to pleasing the heart of God and living out his word and his commands for them. And out of that came salvation. Out of that, people were drawn. Out of that, people were attracted. So I want to, the last couple things I want to say as I uh, close off this podcast today is number one, I want to challenge you in terms of devotion. It is so hard for me at least, to stay devoted to Jesus in this world, isn't it? I mean, day by day, there's so many things that eat up my time, that uh, eat up my passions, and to keep that daily devotion. But the first church, they were devoted. What were they devoted to? Were they devoted to being cool? No, it says they got together and they were devoted to teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. And just through that, the awe and the wonder and the power and the presence of God began to move among them. And, you know, it wasn't about strategy. It was it was about encounter. It was about the devotion to God and to one another. So I want to challenge you, let God reignite that passion and that fire and that devotion to him. And it's a discipline. It's hard. It's a daily effort that you have to give to. And here's the last thing I want to say as we close out this podcast is I sincerely believe that there is a new wave of revival coming to America, to the church from this standpoint. Uh, Last weekend, uh, we were in a youth convention for in Springfield for the Southern Missouri Assemblies of God. And it was great. There was probably 3,000 kids there or two or 3,000. There was a lot. And everything was great, man. It was in a great facility, uh, a church called James River. And, you know, the worship was great and all those kind of things. But I think we kind of live in this era where we're in this pocket of time where I think as per this generation, we I feel like we think we got it mastered, right? It's like you have good media, you get a good facility, you get a really good worship team, you have the, the five-minute countdown, uh, you start, you know, you, you all run to the altar, you jump around, you have a good time, you have some other media elements, you have a great speaker, you have an altar call. And it seems like, you know, we have this format down that works pretty well, but I think God is is wanting to shake that up and wanting to stir that up. And let me say, I love all of that stuff. I love media. I love the five-minute countdown. I love the media elements. I love worship. I love uh, cool stage design. I love lights. I love all of that stuff. But I believe there's something more and there's something deeper. And God never wants us to get in a place where our structured religion um becomes more important than the simple desire and devotion for his presence in your life. I hope I gave you something practical today on this Thanksgiving day. I hope that you are thankful for the presence of God in your life, but let's be a church that wants to please God. That simple prayer, wake up every day, Jesus, just help me to please you. Jesus, how can I please you? By living out your commands the commands that you've given me in your word. And God, help me to be devoted to these things, devoted to you, devoted to your word. I bless you on this Thanksgiving day. I hope that you're encouraged to just just want to please God, that that's your simple heart's desire, whether it's in your personal life, your church, your marriage, your ministry. God bless you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving day, and we will talk to you next time.